I think what it behooves us to talk about is is what it's been like in the UK, uh, where we had some massive demonstrations, huge, huge one in London, um, which was yeah. was what like I think. Uh, the Palestine Solidarity Campaign said it was what, like five hundred thousand, and the Met Police said, mm. uh, you know, we never learned to count above twenty, so twenty. I Which guess. Which actually, I believe, where the Met Police is concerned, look, that is not one of the skill sets that's getting you into the Met. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's it's like one too many lots, you know, under ten thousand. Um, a plethora of gentlemen. <laughs> a plethora of, of, of gentlemen of, of all ages, races, colours and creeds uh, marched through central London. Um, and this was quite controversial with uh, basically th- like politicians and commenters. Um, people who are famously well-adjusted and even more so now. Um, well, and very in touch with the mood of the public, of course. Yeah, of course. As is always the case. When it comes to British commentators, politicians, and various columnists and so on, they always really have their finger on the pulse of what the man in the street thinks. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we, we had the first round of polling out, and it was something like um, 75% of, uh, of like uh, people in the UK support a ceasefire, um, mm. which, you know... Was fairly seems fairly reasonable to me, and it, if nothing else, you would think that that public opinion would sort of like move the needle a little bit. But no, no, instead, mm. well, no, because that that wasn't fair. You know, you mm. can't you can't go around asking the the public a simple question like should the slaughter stop. You know, <laughs> you have to ask them a much more obfuscatory question about like you know the protocols of the elders of Zion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, doing the doing the polling the same way that like you do Hasbara online, where the question is, do you condemn Hamas twenty times? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to clarify: the protocols of the elders of Zion was used for satirical purposes. We don't believe that that is real. <laughs> this is this this is sort of unrelated to the subject, but it is related to the idea of asking like a question that. Uh, yeah, ask, asking like a bad faith question mm. for a very obvious objective, which was in school uh, when we were in sixth form. Uh, there were some roles where you were chosen, like you were divinely chosen to be head boy. Mm-hmm. But if you were a prefect, you got to vote for it. And mm. someone's campaign, and this is very much speaking to the time, uh, was if you don't vote for me, you're gay. Um, <laughs> oh, and he won. Nice. He won based on that slogan. Well, statistically, mm. you'd expect to because you know exactly. gay people are a minority, so it sounds like electoral. Stuff. Yeah. Also, like you know, schools were not LGBTQ friendly mm. um, at all in the 2000s. Surprising to many people, and so. Mm. I imagine you could be gay, but only if you proved yourself by drinking from the puddle. <laughs> exactly, that is yeah, that is correct. Much, yeah. And so, and so, from the school that brought you, if you don't drink from the puddle, you're gay. Uh, came the guy who was not related to puddle guy, but did win an election based on if you don't vote for me, you're gay. Yeah, he's a, a, a he's a PPS now. Um, but, but yeah, so Suella Braverman um, said that this is like you know a, a terror march, like a pro Hamas march. That when I was picking the reading series for this, I was like going through and I like every I had to pick something different because every British column is uh, why the far left are in Hamas, support Hamas. Uh, Hamas are like playing in their back garden and they're bringing them out like a tray of cookies and orange juice. Yeah, Hamas are on the undercard for the horrors and the Holloways come back to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just, I mean, fucking, it's been a great week for the public historian, too, because um, Simon Sebag Montefiore wrote this, like, long article about how decolonization isn't real, uh, which, you know, oh, okay, yeah, we, we cool. may get to at some point. Simon Sharma said it was like a weekly Kristallnacht, which, like, <laughs> y- y- I think the idea. Fuck it, be- why not? Yeah, being. Weekly Kristallnacht. Being a, like, 
a public historian. I thought you had to like study history a bit, but no, apparently not. Apparently, it's exactly the same qualifications as me, which is just fucking go on Twitter and say whatever. Um, it's it's just it strikes me as insane as a Jewish historian to engage in that kind of like Holocaust minimization, mm. where you're saying that a peaceful protest on the streets of London to stop unarmed civilians in Gaza being killed by the Israeli military is the same as like the persecution of Jews under the Nazis. I mean, it's, it's insane. It is. And th this is the thing. It genuinely feels like everyone with, like, an ounce of power to, like, decide this conversation nationally has just lost their fucking minds. Um, it does, yeah. It does feel, because, like, I've sort of been a bit hesitant. So, like, kind of on the basis that, like, so much of this is obviously informed by, like, historical traumas. And, mm. you know, you don't want to be that... I don't want to be that person to be like, no, your historical traumas... Uh, which have been like realized across generate, like you know, I don't, I don't want to like minimize that, and so I have less concern about them, but I have a lot more concern with people who are like who don't actually have any sort of historic stake in any of this, mm. pretending that they have. Like well, it's the been a great amount, week for philosemitism, like, like, yeah. Like the amount of commentators mm. that are like, well, I'm not Jewish at all, but I feel the fear of my Jewish brothers and sisters. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. Like, I don't, mm. I don't think that that is a thing in the way that you think it is and it feels and sounds weird um and it always sort of comes back to like you know not like you know we we've all seen the sort of like lbc like red-faced guy or various oh, yeah. forms like shouting at anyone who's like well maybe the shooting should stop actually that that could that could help things if the shooting stopped and then sort of being told that like they support hamas and like went to the same school as them actually and didn't realize like yeah, a I lot voted of the stuff for hamas for head boy you know because they told well, me like, i'd be also, gay but I also like just kind yeah. of this kind of like the sort of insane um circ the, the sort of insane triangulation and circumvention that like seems to only was which seems to sort of get what worse and more intense as more videos circulate of like the most like the, the greatest atrocities that you've ever seen and to me it sort of speaks to this idea that at a certain point these guys can't really justify like what's going like they can't mm. really sort of justify what's going on in the way that like perhaps they were used to doing right the whole idea of like you know this is you know this is like the most moral army in the world where like there's no fucking evidence for that anymore is there this is the most sort of accurate army like you know the the, the sort of targeted and most accurate army in the world well not really a lot of evidence for that either absolutely and so you end up just having them kind of jumping through these bizarre hoops to kind of perform that really what they want is peace but mm. when you push them on like what would be necessary for peace which again to go back to this it would be good if the shooting stopped for a little bit don't you think um is met with them at, is sort of like they either don't say it and perhaps they're not saying it because they know that a red-faced guy will pop out and scream at them yeah um and try to deport them or this is very much just like well how do you kind of how do you sort of maintain the performance at this point, right? Yeah, I, I, I think um, the thing here is that there is no criticism mild enough to be allowed anymore. I think, and, and, and this is also what I come to, like, we've been told for so long that, oh, it's okay to, like, you know, you can, you can kind of criticise the Israeli government as much as you want, right? Like, that isn't a problem. But, like, actually it is! Yeah, you know, turns there, out. Like, there have been, like, very reasonable things. There have been, like, yeah, like, you know, the IDF kind of suck and are really bad at doing this. Um, Hey, isn't it weird that Netanyahu and, like, other IDF officials are sort of saying that they want to like do a bib do do an actual biblical genocide. Like you know the things that sort of like there's a there's a there's a quote that's sort of that one of the uh well there, well, there was a speech that one of them gave and I can't I can't find it now. Was it the, it was is it very, Bibi's uh, Amalek thing? 
something yeah probably something like but they're, they're like very much like in those veins of like yeah we are fighting a biblical war actually like and they're saying this they're saying this very openly they have to yeah. do this because hamas have built a counter-strike level underneath their hospital <laughs> but, but like, like, like but like yeah, yeah but like they're, this, they're, yeah. they're doing fucking metal gear solid under there they've got exclamation yeah, they've points got, above they've their got heads. the flag room they've got the red barrel room you know they're that's right they're saying this directly to the camera hmm. right and there are still people that are like no actually that's not like and when you point this out there's like no actually that's not happening and if you then sort of give them the link or like you know the the sort of transcript to say these things that they are saying very publicly to international TV stations as well as as well as Israeli ones. Um, you're then kind of called an you know yeah. you you are then called like every name under the sun. So it does. Uh, I do I do kind of want to say that like I've been trying to approach this with like as much good faith as I can. It does mm. make you feel like you're going insane. Well, there's yeah. no good faith left. Is the thing. Um, I mean we had uh, we had a Labour MP Andy McDonald who gave. What I thought was like a pretty mild statement, right? Which is, uh, I have a verbatim, in fact. We won't rest until we have justice, until all people, Israelis and Palestinians, between the river and the sea, can live in peaceful liberty. And he's just been, he's had the whip suspended for that. He said the line. He said the line. He, he said, said between, the from the river to the sea. He, he alluded to the line. Uh, which is... That, which is just, the, that's just the geographic delineation of the area in question. Because he said in the statement where both Israelis and Palestinians can live in peace and liberty. Yeah. It, so it's like kind of what what is the supposed offense in this statement? Well, it's it's alluding to from the river to the sea, which is only ever quoted as that instead of, you know, like from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is what gets actually mm. chanted as if it's some kind of like, you know, just sort of mass murder call, you know. Um, yeah. And it's it's so, so strange because there are so many people who are like now trying to triangulate on this and now taking a, a moderate position. As Starmer said that he wouldn't suspend him, then two hours later he did mm. suspend him. And you have people saying like, well, you know, it, it really does cause like genuine fear to people. And it's like, mm. well, first of all, why? Second of all, I, have rem I remember that having been chanted at protest for my entire life, and it's only now, this past like week, mm. when people have suddenly decided, oh no, this is like some exterminationist piece of rhetoric. You know, it does. It does seem a little, a little strange. I mean, it kind of like when you when you think back to you know the apartheid government in South Africa, which you know this 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 government, of course, also supported. And stuff like, you know, they had to like reunify and they had to have like a kind of a, a sort of conciliatory process that happened, which I feel like is what people who favor a one state solution in Israel probably envision. Yeah, of course. But there was no mass genocide in South Africa after the end of apartheid. I mean, there were certainly some problems, but like it, and, the, and that's kind of the closest analogous situation. It just it feels as though we're not like talking about a real thing. Like I can understand why if you're Israeli, you would have concerns about what a reunification would look like and why, therefore, you know, if, if you're Jewish more broadly and you support the existence of the state of Israel, you'd have concerns about that. But the idea that, like, any kind of equitable solution that includes both Palestinians and Israelis, that's not just, you know, Israelis effectively keeping them in an open-air prison, is, is sort of inherently mm. genocidal against Israelis or Jewish people seems to be just a, a completely, like, deranged interpretation of what anyone is actually talking about.